Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, we are... We just won three games in a row. I, I don't know if anybody else knows that, but it is a great time to be a 49er. And one of my favorite quotes after the game, we went 25-23 to 23 against a playoff-bound Titans, an eight-win team. And Robbie Gold, we'll, we'll get into MVPs and all that stuff, but as he goes into the locker room and he's getting interviewed after he made every one of his six field goals and the walk-off field goal to win the game, he said, this is by far the most fun I have ever had in 13 NFL seasons. And he's on a 4-10 and 10 team. What, what does that say about what is happening? This is so unique across the NFL to have a team that is eliminated from playoff contention, lost nine straight games to start the year. Um, we have the most players on IR in the entire NFL. Uh, and you could just keep going on and on and on. But that's not what it feels like. You know, I watched the Eagles win, which was awesome, but I felt like the 49ers game was much more emotional. So we're going to go through, we're going to break down all the goodies. Uh, Man, just awesome. Also, quick side note, we've won four out of the last five. There's only one other team in the NFL that has done that, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, guess what? Spoiler alert, uh, this is who we get next week. So we are going to see exactly how great we are. By far the best defense in the NFL, and there's not a close second. And, and so we're going to see what we're going to see just how good we are, which I think we've seen we're already pretty good. But this is another test. So, couple random notes before we jump into all of the material. First off, I just want to say thank you. Um, started this podcast the summer right around the draft time and broke it all down and it's been going great uh the amount of views and downloads and comments and ratings you know we broke 1500 views and downloads last week two weeks in a row that we've hit that point and so i just want to say thanks it's it's fun to be a part of something where people enjoy what you do and i don't get paid for this this is just something that i love so thank you having said that i am very under the weather today but when the 49ers win Damn it, we got to talk about it. So you just got to kind of tough through it and go through it. So apologize for the voice. Now let's get into some fun 49ers stuff. Now, this first off, let's go through our offense. And our MVP, obviously, is our new golden boy quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. That, that is a sexy man on and off the field. And he was just exceptional. Now, the bad thing is we go for our 11th straight game without scoring a touchdown in the first quarter we are a very slow developing methodical offense that's going to have to change at some point and just to put this into perspective the next closest team or the longest drought besides us with 11 games is five (laughs) the next one is five so we have doubled everybody else in the nfl which is just unacceptable but we keep scoring on possessions uh, lots of field goals, obviously the six field goals made by gold, but 
We've got to find a way to get into the end zone sooner. Now, again, another bad thing. We lead the entire NFL in drop passes, but we're improving that number. Trent Taylor had a huge drop on third short, just kind of got excited and looked away, took his eyes off the ball. But um, amazing game by him. And we did not punt the ball until the third quarter with five minutes left. How wonderful is that? Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, his stats are amazing. He's by far the MVP for the offense. 31 for 43. He throws for 380 yards, one touchdown, and zero interceptions. And he needs to thank Marquise Goodwin for that because Marquise Goodwin broke up two interceptions that should have both been intercepted. He, he went straight defensive back and made two great plays. So that was huge. This was Jimmy's first start at home, and, man, it, the crowd showed up. Very, very loud. It was awesome. Uh, Kilgore said, this reminded me of playing at Candlestick, just with the way the fans were, and that's great. You've got to have that home field advantage. It's it's important because the energy permeates from the stands onto the field through the coaches and everybody, and everybody feeds off that, and that's wonderful. Now, as I said, this was his first start at home. He is now 5-0. and I understand people are saying, all right, calm down. He's not that great. He's not that great. Uh, well, maybe he is. If you go to Pro Football Reference, which is the amazing database of all databases for everything football statistics out there, he now is the NFL leader for the history of the NFL in passing percentage for anybody that's ever thrown over 200 passes. The leader in the history of the NFL. Now is that number going to stay? Probably not. I sure as hell hope so. But he has a 106.5. Now, the next two are still playing right now, actually. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, 103.8. And Deshaun Watson, actually, with a 103. Um, And I I credit that. um, I I checked it, but I saw it on Twitter from Michael Day Smith. So just want to give him props there for finding that. That is awesome. But hey, so technically speaking, we can honestly say we have the greatest quarterback in the history of the football uh, as our quarterback right now. Now, obviously, that's tongue-in-cheek, but... Statistics are statistics, and he is playing lights out. The things that stand out about Jimmy is, one, third down is just amazing. Whenever he's out there on third down, everything just goes smoothly, I guess you could say. He, we, we hit 50% on third downs. So we go 7 for 14, and two of those that we didn't make were drop passes. But he is just a – he's so clinical, and – Again, the best two things about him, the most positive traits he had, has nothing to do with his size or his physical skill set or anything. It's diagnosing the defense before the snap and putting his players in a position to be successful. And two, progressing through his reads. On the amazing touchdown to Selleck, where he got flushed out of the pocket, scrambled out to the right, he's approaching the sideline, he got to his fourth read and hit the touchdown which we saw with the very first play as a 49er whenever he went in through the touchdown in the fourth quarter after CJ got hurt. And he does this on a consistent basis. He is always making calls and changes and the line and protection, and he loves it when he gets blitzed. The crazy thing about him is his passer rating does not go down when when he's being blitzed. It's the exact same. It's 104. (laughs) That's unreal. And the thing is, whenever he's getting blitzed, one of the things that he has just 
an amazing cerebral way to diagnose it is he has no problem throwing off of his back foot as he's backpedaling, creating more time and space between him and the defender. It's also important because it lessens the contact. He's not stepping into his throw. It's just kind of that flick of the wrist, uh, almost like a Philip Rivers type throw. And he attacks where the blitzer comes from. Now, this is something as a defensive coordinator, I would be like, okay, this kid's smart. And he can totally tell where the blitz is coming from. And he always attacks the vacancy left by the blitzer. Why don't we roll and do a robber or a rover coverage where basically if I'm blitzing, the defense is blitzing off the right side. I'm going to rotate my safety to take over that vacancy. Um, it's it's kind of like a quid pro quo. This guy vacates, you go still his area and try to get a turnover. And that's the thing with Jimmy. He, we've got five games of film on him. And it's very easy. We, we've seen this with lots of um, very affluent rookies. Once they get out there and they have an offseason to go back and look at their film, find tendencies and weaknesses, usually the defenses adjust a little bit. So that, that's something to look forward to. But absolutely balled out. Played so, so well. Um, cannot say, and I could talk for an hour about how great Jimmy was. He was amazing. Now, Carlos Hyde, definitely one of his least productive games, rushing, receiving, and blocking. Now, Carlos Hyde has been spot on in pass pro all year. I mean, Frank Gore-esque is how great he's been. Uh, not this week. He, he blew one assignment and got Jimmy killed for a sack. Jimmy Garoppolo was sacked three times. All three of those sacks, two of them were on the running backs. Breida, same thing. He got completely ran over by a linebacker, and Jimmy got sacked on that one. Only one sack was given up by our O-line, and you guessed it. It's, of course, Fusco, who every single game, he's got one play where he just whiffs completely on the defensive lineman, and they have a free shot at his quarterback. But besides that, decent game. The offensive line played well, but just not rushing. We just couldn't move the ball. We totaled 51 yards rushing on 22 carries, which is obviously abysmal. That's just terrible. But we were so efficient through the air that it didn't really matter. We put ourselves in manageable third downs, lots of third down and sixes. And the goal is always to be at third down in less than seven because you can still run your entire playbook. You can run those five-yard routes that we saw to Kittle where he catches the ball and then is able to fight for the additional yards to get the first down. But back to back to Hyde. He came out and looked great. And anytime we ran to the left, our 10 most successful running plays were all to the left side. And that's because of Staley. I truly do believe these last two games are quite possibly Joe Staley's best two games of his NFL career. And whenever you consider how long he's been around and what he's done and what he means for this franchise, that's saying a lot. But he has stepped up and just been absolutely dom dominant. Now, having said those things, Brita was terrible. He goes 5 for 13 and again gave up a sack. Uh, just nothing out of the backfield. And a lot of that was just their line. And, and they're a tough they're a very tough run defense. Their corners are terrible. We knew that going in. The Titans give up. They're one of the top five against the rush in the NFL, and that showed. Now, Marquise Goodwin, holy freaking cow. Man, this guy, he's a Pro Bowl receiver. He has just continued to go out there game after game after game and just put up crazy numbers. And he's a speed guy. I get that. But this was not like a huge deep game. By any stretch for him. The longest that he had was an 18-yard reception. 
The longest that he had was an 18-yard reception. He had 10 catches on 13 targets for 114 yards. Uh, like I said, back-to-back 100-yard games, which is so intense. And also, quick side nugget um, that I saw, with Jimmy Garoppolo going back-to-back games over 300 yards passing, he is the first quarterback since, drum roll, Jeff freaking Garcia to do that for the 49ers all the way back in 2000. We haven't had a quarterback throw for back-to-back 300-yard games since the year 2000. It's been 17 years in the modern NFL. That is just crazy. It's crazy to think that with the Harbaugh um, years, but we were just such a dominant defense and running team. So hats off there. Goodwin just continues to make tough catches in traffic. Again, if you go back and you look at the first seven weeks, he had a 50% catch rate. That catch rate is up to over 85%, which is almost good enough to lead the NFL if he could carry that throughout the entire. That's like Larry Fitzgerald, um, Jarvis Landry type numbers, these guys that can just catch everything. And Marquise Goodwin's never been that guy. In college, um, huge tendency for drops at Texas. And a lot of times they would just do screens and bubbles because he couldn't run routes and catch unless it was a fade or screen but we are watching this guy develop in front of our eyes and I hope that he just becomes an integral part of the 49ers future because he has earned it not to mention all the hell he's been through off the field um, losing a baby um, his father dies and that's just talking in the last four weeks and this guy still shows up with a positive attitude and work ethic and sticks up for his team. And that, that's family. That's what we're building. Uh, the 49ers are building. So it's awesome. Not to mention the two interceptions that he broke up. It's probably the best defensive back we have as well. Um, rough day for our corners. Anyway, Trent Taylor, solid. He did have a huge drop, which was rough. But he goes 4 for 40 on 5 targets. And again, um, he is the favorite receiver on 3rd down. Um, all 4 of his catches were for 1st downs on third down conversions like that's just who he is uh, just a tough stud with amazing hands he just had the one concentration drop and he would have got the first down it's a bummer that he didn't do this now probably one of the most positive signs and i hate saying this because i know it's rude is that lewis murphy didn't play he didn't play we gave all of his snaps to Kendrick Bourne. I swear, I think John Lynch or Shanahan's listening to our podcast because that's exactly what we talked about. Let's see what these guys with these potential have. And Kendrick Bourne freaking showed out. He goes four catches for 85 yards on six targets, and he looked good. Huge body, amazing stride, um, and a natural pass catcher. And what I mean by that is he plucks the ball out of the air. Uh, he goes, he's got big mitts. And he literally, almost like he's got a catcher's mitt, reaches out and snags it. He doesn't let the ball get into his body. And, man, we saw what he could do if you hit him in the open field. Holy freaking cow. He looked quick. And so I still think this is probably one of the weakest um, divisions of our team or positions of our team, the wide receiver core. But there's a lot of potential. And potential just means you haven't done it yet. So we'll see what happens. I still think this needs to be addressed in the first two rounds of the draft, but we will see. Kittle looks great. Um, I I think this splitting time with our tight ends is working wonderful between Kittle and Selleck. Selleck goes three for 63 and a touchdown. Holy freaking cow on three targets. Kittle goes four for 52 on five targets, and both of them made plays um, in the running game and in the passing game and just looked wonderful. Now, 
Selig's touchdown was awesome. He just kind of posted up and found a vacant spot and just let Jimmy find him after scrambling, which I talked about earlier. Now, it's funny. The team apparently has this thing called now it's Selig time. And once it gets going, you just got to catch on and get going because it, it's, it's Selig time is what they say. And so it was funny. After he scored a touchdown, he turned around. And Trent Taylor wound him up like a clock because it's selling time. And then he went stomping off, which was fun. It's so cool to see how much fun these guys are having. So that's the offense. Um, overall, pretty, pretty well. The left side of the line from the center over is definitely um, our strong suit. Now, I will say this. One favorite thing about uh, the whole thing the offensively was Trent Taylor gets a screen pass. And he cuts up field. And Lakin Tomlinson is a 100% effort player. He is always down the field blocking. Um, just awesome. Even when we had the fumble that was ruled not a fumble, whatever, he was down there in the end zone 20 yards after the catch uh, in recovery, even though it didn't matter. But we throw a screen pass to Trent Taylor on the offensive left, and our blockers run out there. And Lakin can't find anybody, and he turns around, which you never do. You never look behind you when you're blocking. And Trent Taylor decleated Lakin Tomlinson. He lowered his shoulder and literally trucked his own lineman, his own 300-pound lineman. It was just awesome. They didn't even talk about it on air, which I was like, come on. This is hilarious. But anyway, so that's the offense. Great job. Just studs. Now let's move over to the defense. We give up 23 points. Now, usually your rule of thumb is 17, but this was a hard-fought game, and you're playing against a team with eight wins, so you got to give it to them. Again, let's pat our back a little bit. After 24 straight games of allowing a 100-yard rusher or a rushing touchdown, we are now up to five straight games without allowing either one of those. And it's very easy to see why this is. It's Reuben Foster. The games where he was out, um, even with Novaro Bowman was in, I'm not talking bad about him, we were not clicking defensively, and we, we had to make some changes. A lot of that has to do with the safety position with Adrian Colbert is locking that down, which allows our corners to do their job on the outside, which allows our strong safety to fly up and be in the box. And Eric Reed has been exceptional at that. Oh my gosh, I hope we keep this guy. But... Our MVP does not go to Reuben Foster. He's the runner-up. It goes to DeForest Buckner. Holy freaking cow. Way to start a game. Uh, first play of the game, he just overpowers the guard and gets a sack. He is credited with a half sack with uh, Tank Carradine, but that was not a half sack. Should have been a full sack to Buckner. And he even got another sack later in the game, which was wiped out by a defensive illegal hands to the face play i think buckner could have like eight to nine sacks if it wasn't for all these stupid penalties our defense are, a lot of those are richard robinson he wiped out about four sacks himself god rest his soul he's not dead but he's for the jets so he's basically dead anyway deforest buckner has nine tackles and a half sack and just pressure after pressure after pressure which was cool because he's teammates or was teammates back at the University of Oregon with Marcus Mariota. And so it was pretty cool seeing them hit each other. And again, also another end, teammate-teammate uh, teammate college thing, Reuben Foster versus Derrick Henry. Reuben Foster laid him out. <laughs> hit him so hard he hurt himself. Then he hit DeMarco Murray so hard he hurt himself. I'm getting very frustrated, and I don't think my heart can take it, seeing Reuben Foster keep getting hurt every single week. But it's just who the kid is. He plays with reckless abandon. He holds nothing back. He goes all out every play, and the collisions that he brings are just brutal. 
and he'll be on the ground and you'll see him kind of screaming and rolling around. But as soon as they get him to the sideline, he's fighting to get back in. And whenever he goes back in, he plays all out again. So if we can keep that kid healthy, he has eight tackles. And funny thing, if you saw the interview this week, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is kind of like now an official sponsor um, or unofficial sponsor for the 49ers. Apparently, Reuben Foster eats about five full bags of dry Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal every day. And so he's being interviewed and he's talking about it. He's just sitting around the locker room eating the cereal during an interview with his shirt off. So Cinnamon Toast Crunch reaches out and says, hey, we're going to sponsor you, Reuben Foster, and we will give you three boxes of cereal for every tackle you get for the rest of the season. And so Cinnamon Toast Crunch tweeted out after the game, congratulations, Reuben Foster, for your eight tackles. We are sending 24 boxes of Cinnamon Toast Crunch your way. So uh, there you go. That's a fun little hilarious fact. Now, that kid's mean, Reuben Foster. And again, as I said, if we keep him safe and keep him healthy, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time. Solomon Thomas had an up-and-down game, uh, more of the same kind of what we've seen throughout this year. He'll make one or two big flash run stops. Not too great in the passing game. He has a hard time. He lost contained three times, all for large runs or passes, or the quarterback escaped out of the pocket. Um, jumped off sides one time, but the, the potential is there. It flashes. We just got to get this guy lined up in the same spot. Um, with just consistency, because if if we could do that, we could be great. But right now, I'm I'm kind of worrying. We're, we're making it harder and harder and harder on this kid to be successful. So the longer this continues, uh, the worse it is. Tate Carradine, he showed up a little bit early. He didn't get a lot of snaps. Even Aaron Lynch showed up. Aaron Lynch was a dominant run defender. Uh, wasn't credited with a lot of tackles, but he was caving in the offensive line to where there was no running room. Dante Johnson continues just to get abused by anybody that he lines up with. His play has continued to go down every week. Um, he had six tackles. Eric Decker owned him on several third downs. Um, Akilah Witherspoon did okay. He has a hard time defending the out route. He wants to give that gigantic cushion to not get beat over the top. That's okay. But, man, he does not break on routes very strong. Now, the one time he did which you're not used to seeing from him. He broke on the route and would have had a pick six, but Mariota kind of saw it and just threw the ball um, into the sidelines. So Aquilo's been stepping up. He had three tackles. Any tackles for him are bonus because, like I said, he doesn't like contact, but he's not shying away from it, which is all you can ask for. Adrian Colbert, absolutely amazing. and gets another turnover. Holy freaking cow. Comes up on the fumble recovery, five tackles, Johnny on the spot. He's always around the ball. This kid is special, and his energy is lights out as well. You can totally tell um, every single play he makes, he is jumping, jumping, jumping. Him and Ruben Foster play with a very similar kind of recklessness and violence to them, which you just got to love. Now, hey, let me say something positive about Brock Coyle. What's up, Brock? Um, I've been as mean to you as possible and not, not because I don't like you as a person. I just don't think you're a good football player. Definitely not an NFL football player, but he forces the fumble, which gives us a chance to win the game. And so hats off to him. Absolutely played great. He had a positive impact on the game and there's not much more you can ask for that. Also Kerwin Williams. I love that our front office signed this guy to an extension. He had a very quiet day, but so efficient. He is Whenever he's on his defender, there is not much room. And he even jumped off of his defender um, out of the slot to break up two plays, helping out other 
team defense. And so that's awesome. Just great job. Keep that up. And Robbie Gold, holy freaking cow. He goes six for six, including the game winner. He has now hit 20 straight field goals. 20. In this game, he hit a 38, 48, 28, 50, 48, and 45 to walk off the field. He just talks about how whenever he was cut by the Bears, he decided that he had to be better. There's no reason why he should have been cut. He was playing bad, and he has just turned into an absolute amazing uh, kicker. He's definitely going to be in the Pro Bowl. He better be. He's played wonderful penalties. Congratulations. We always win this contest. 7 for 70 on our side. Uh, Them, 3 for 22. Injuries are rough. Now, I'll say this. Trent Brown going to the IR. That is a huge loss. He decided his labrum surgery. Um, he decided to have surgery. He was off and on, off and on. And if you don't have surgery, it's not going to be fixed. And it's like a four to six month healing process. Coach Shanahan supported his decision. And that's what we need to do. We have seen what happens when we don't take care of a young right tackle for the 49ers organization. Uh, bad things happen. And you, you can ruin a player just like we did at Anthony Davis. So he kind of ruined himself and was always kind of ruined. But anyway, take that for what you want. Now, Garrett Selleck, um, he ran into the locker room in the fourth but came back out. Reuben Foster got hurt twice. Aldrick Robin had a concussion and was ruled out of the game. That was after the first drive. So that was kind of a big one. So injuries, <laughs> sad to say, but for us, probably one of the better games. Um but it's never good when anybody gets hurt. Now, next two games, holy freaking cow, we have back-to-back games against 10-win teams. 10-win division-leading teams. We have the Jags at home next week at 105, and then we have the Rams in Los Angeles at 125. And I'm thinking one of these games, maybe this Jags game gets flexed into the Sunday night spot, which would be awesome, and it would just be so exciting for the Niners to have that. We don't get a lot of primetime games. But anyway, that's that's where we are. Um, it's going to be two tough, tough, tough uh, games because we're playing against the best defense in the NFL, and then we're playing against the best offense in the NFL. And you saw the schlacking that the Rams just gave to Seattle. Man, that was amazing. Now, as far as draft order is concerned, we are still at that four spot. However, there are four teams tied with uh, four wins where we're at. And right now, we have the lowest strength of schedule, but after back-to-back 10-win uh, teams, that's going to jump up. So even though we're at 4 now, we're really at uh, 7 or 8. Now, if we win one more game, um, there are three teams tied at 5, and then there are four teams tied with 6. So if we win out, um, statistically speaking, we could pick all the way up to 14. And if we lose out, the best situation we could hope for is the 3 or 4 pick. Um, if the Colts win, so on and so forth. But I, I don't see that happening. So, um, all likelihood, we're going to be picking around that 5-8 to eight area. I think we can get one more win. And what would that say about our team going 5-7 and seven down the hall uh, after going 0-9? Holy freaking cow, that is awesome. The future is bright in San Francisco. And thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate y'all. Any comments? Um, and if you haven't already, leave a leave a review on iTunes. That probably helps us out the most for exposure, Um, but go check it out. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week, hopefully with another win. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.